Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. Uh, we are in an exciting place uh, in the Bible and in our mind's eye. Uh, we are in the very throne room of God. I can't think of any place uh, that would be more awe-inspiring than that. And I've been to some great places. I've been to Israel on many occasions. I'd love to bring you with me one day. Uh, I've been in, uh, I've been in the White House. Uh, you know, I've been to some special spots around the world. Uh, even some special religious spots around the world. But listen, nothing comes close to standing in the very throne room of God, and you and I one day will be there, uh, just as John was. Uh, We left off last time uh, there in chapter number four. Let me get back to my place here in my own Bible. Revelation chapter four and verse, I think number eight is where we uh, ended yesterday. So let's, let's look at that. Uh, No, I'm sorry, verse number six, uh, where the Bible says at the end of that verse, that round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So these creatures, now, just because we've seen some some strange creatures here on earth, and there are some strange ones. I'm thinking about the the duck-billed platypus. That's a weird-looking creature. And if you ever watch the National Geographic channel, uh, that you, you see some, some strange creations of God. God certainly has uh, creativity, doesn't he? But can you imagine some of the created beings that we're going to see in eternity? Can you imagine the creation of God to places we've never been, planets and solar systems and universe, uh, uh, galaxies that we've never, never seen? Uh, wow. And the Bible says around the throne room of God are these living creatures full of eyes, before and behind. So they're able to take in uh, all of this imagery. They're all seeing in that sense. Look at verse number uh, seven for a further description. And the first beast, so there were four of them, was like a lion. The second beast, like a calf, so a wild animal, a domesticated animal. The third beast had the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. So you see really the entire created world represented. You have uh, the domesticated animals. You have wild animals. You have the the fowls of the air. And then you have uh, mankind. It's almost as if to say that representatively, in all these eyes and in these four beasts, God expects all creation to declare his glory. Uh, God expects all creation to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to praise him. And the Bible teaches in Psalm 8, for instance, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth showeth his handiwork. And that's a sin-cursed world. And can you imagine in a perfect place with a perfect body, with no more sin and sickness and sorrow, what it's going to be like to praise and worship God. So this is a great, I think, a great symbol of the kind of worship that God ought to receive from all of his creation. 
Look at verse number, but, but and I will say this, but I think that they are also literal creatures. I'm not saying that this is a symbol. I'm saying I think that they represent that all should worship God, but I'm not diminishing the fact that they, they really are creatures created for the purpose of worshiping God around the throne room. Uh, I wonder if Isaiah saw these creatures. The Bible says in Isaiah 6 that he saw the Lord high and lifted up his train filled the temple. Uh, I wonder, uh, Ezekiel, in his visions that he communicated to the captives there in captivity uh, in like the, the, this, the 590s BC, right in that time frame, uh, Ezekiel talked about that vision in Ezekiel chapter 1, again in Ezekiel chapter 10, and we see the, the beasts there and, and uh, the description. And so you see other Bible passages that relate to the throne room of God and the creatures that are there. Uh, even Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 14, describe, and Ezekiel chapter 29, uh, describe Lucifer and how he fell and his pride in which he was lifted up. And so there was probably a time uh, in the past where Lucifer himself, as one of the sons of God, came into the very throne room of God and perhaps worshiped right here. Remember, the Bible teaches that Lucifer, the, the, the items of music were, were built into him. He, he was a worshiping creature and used music to do so. So you could only imagine what the throne room must have been like years ago, what it will be like in years to come. Just an awesome and awe-inspiring sight. Now, if you would, verse number eight, what is everybody saying? So we've described the throne room. We've talked about the rainbow. We've talked about the gems. We've talked about the door. We've talked about the crystal sea. We've talked about the 24 elders. We've talked about the four living creatures. We've talked about what they look like. But what are they saying? We've talked about the lightnings and the thunderings. But what is being communicated in heaven? Well, watch verse number nine, the end of verse number eight. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. What a great sentence of praise. For all of eternity, God being lauded and glorified, magnified for these reasons. First of all, holiness. The, the, the characteristic of God that most defines him is holiness because the word holiness really encompasses all the other characteristics of God. Because to be holy means to be utterly set apart, to be set apart from. And there's, uh, God is entirely unto himself. It's not that God doesn't communicate with man or that we don't have access to God. It's that, there, that God is the, the set-apart one, there's nobody like him, no, nobody in his power, nobody in his love, nobody in his righteousness, nobody like God, holy, holy, holy. Then the Bible says, Lord God, Lord uh, meaning authority, God Almighty. And so we, we see them worshiping God for his holiness, worshiping God for his power, uh, for his authority, we might say. And so he's holy, he's authoritative, he's holy, he's powerful. 
Then the Bible says, which was and is and is to come. And so that speaks to the eternality of God. Our God is holy. Our God is powerful. Our God is eternal. And he is to be worshiped day and night for eternity. And these four living beasts, I think you'll see them one day. I think that you'll be able to join in with them one day. I think that we're represented by those 24 elders and we'll have the opportunity to join in that cacophony of praise and honor to God. I mean, what a scene this had to have been. Look at verse number nine. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. So while while all of this is going on, Watch who joins in. I love this part. Watch who joins in. It was begun by the four living creatures, but now watch verse number 10. The four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. So, wow, uh, the people get in on it too. That mankind, saved by the grace of God, represented by these 24 elders, they fall down at the throne of God. They fall down to worship. They take their crowns given to them by God uh, as rewards, and they cast their crowns right down at the foot of the throne. What, 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 What a picture. You know, that was typical back in the Roman times that when... A Roman, when the Roman Caesar took over uh, an area, the vassal king, the, the underling king that would rule in a particular area, like Herod ruled uh, Israel, would come and, and take his throne and present his, or rather his crown, and present his crown to the ultimate ruler. Well, listen, Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, And the triune God is to be worshipped above and exclusively from all other kings. And so we one day will fall prostrate before the Lord and cast our crowns uh, there at the foot of of the throne. And then the Bible says the 24 elders will join in the praise. Because watch what happens in verse number 11. They'll say, thou art worthy, O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So it's almost like the four and 20 elders, when they hear the four living creatures praising God, this, this repetitious, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, it's the four and 20 elders fall down, they cast down their crowns and say, Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy of all of this. This is right. This is good. This is acceptable. This is what must be. This is why we are created. This is what everything's about. It's all about the glory of God. Now, did you notice what the 24 elders said that the four living creatures did not say? And that is the four and 20 elders were able to speak to the Lord in a personal way. Did you see that? Look back at verse number 11, where they say, thou art worthy. They're speaking directly to God. Now, the four living creatures, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. 
Remember uh, there in the tabernacle, the cherubim that guarded the very presence of God, their wings were over. They weren't looking up. They weren't looking at God. But there's a special access and a special privilege that redeemed ones have, a special relationship. The Bible says that the angels desire to look into the kind of relationship the church has with Jesus Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4. And here the, the elders are able to say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Thou hast created, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Hey, God deserves glory because he has ownership. If God never saved a soul, if you and I never enjoyed the benefit of redemption, the fact that we have been given life and we are the product of God's creation, the creature should serve the creator. The creature should praise the creator. That's why the description in Romans chapter one is just so amazing that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. They became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Boy, to recognize God in his Godhead, in his power, in his authority, is to say, God, you are everything. I am nothing before you, but I am grateful for your mercy, love, and grace that allows me to be here. You deserve this crown. You deserve my praise. You deserve the, the, the praise of all creation because you alone are the creator and you alone are worthy. Wow. I mean, Revelation chapter 4 kind of kicks us off. Now, if it can't get any better, uh, you're going to see. Because in Revelation chapter 5, we're going to see the grand entrance of the Lamb. And wow, that'll make your uh, the back of your neck tingle. So stay, stay, stay around for a while. And we're going to stay, uh, stay at this study. So uh, have a great day for today. Uh, get ready for tomorrow. And Revelation chapter 5 and verse 1, we'll get started right away. Hope you'll be here. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.